Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Did you know that Russians are amassing on the Ukrainian border? The U.S. is aware of it. They are. They're monitoring the situation. So rest assured, Antony Blinken is all over it. Everything's going to be fine, people. Nothing at all to worry about. Literally nothing. Just kick back, relax. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. It's totally fine. Totally, totally fine. Except it's not. Because you've got the Russians saying, look, 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 we do what we do in Sweet Mother Russia. That's my impression, by the way. It was pretty good. And uh, we're not going to be doing anything unless, of course, we're provoked. What do you mean? What do you mean if you're provoked? What, what, What does that even begin to mean? Well, it means that Russia is seeing that Biden is weak and they have opportunities to take advantage of opportunities. So why shouldn't they take advantage of their opportunities? Am I right or am I right or am I right? Be watching like you're watching Taiwan in regards to China. Be watching Ukraine in regards to Russia. And if you say to me, what could they do to Ukraine? I will point you to the state of Georgia, not in the United States, but the country of Georgia and say case rested. Look, Russia has a series of incredible problems. And one of them is a population problem. They don't have the people. A nation without a population is not so much a nation as it is a coffee clutch. You need people. Now, Vladimir Putin is very aware of this, and that's why a couple years ago he was calling on Russians to return home and build the population. You know, anytime you talk about breeding, like that's that's an ugly, ugly conversation. Breeding, just the terminology is always like, but... When you're a nation like Russia, there's only one way to create more Russians. When you're in a nation like China, there's only one way to create more Chinese people. When you're in America, all you got to do is open the door. We have a very unique advantage. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I'm a huge, huge supporter of immigration, legal immigration. Massive As a matter of fact, I think today, now, in this world, we should be bringing in more legal immigrants. And I have no problem with conversations about how you rework the system to be more effective in that regard. Illegal immigration, zero. Shutting down the border completely to that, to to confirm this, fine by me. A wall, absolutely, positively, And twice on Sunday. When I had this conversation with Senator Todd Young yesterday, I had it right here uh, on this show. I got to tell you, I have interviewed the senator from Indiana a couple times. I'd say more than a couple times. I'd say by this stage a couple dozen times. And maybe it's, it's a level of comfort. 
Or maybe it's just some dumb luck because we've had some, some weird moments before. Some weird moments before where he's, he's come at me and, and I, I have uh, come at him. But in this conversation, I thought he, I thought he was a little Trumpy. I really did. I think I've got it queued up here where I said, you know, what's what is the thing that we can do to handle the crisis at the border? Both he and Senator Ted Cruz have been writing to uh, the the secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. We have to do something about this. And of course, Mayorkas's position is not a crisis. What are you talking about? So I asked the man, but this needs to be covered. Well, so sir, I'm all in, Tony. We, we, we're covering. You, you, you want to walk down the streets with me. You want to go visit some friends. They're covering, and that's all across the country. But you brought up the right point. It's clear that the Biden administration, and it's clear that the progressive wing within the House of Representatives, the progressive caucus, it's clear, it's clear that the Chuck Schumer set have no interest in actually addressing this. Give me in 60 seconds one thing Congress can do, House and Senate, one thing they could do to make things better for you, me, and we, and for the American people on the border. Build the wall, finish the wall, and reinforce our customs and border patrol. We need more boots on the ground. I mean, I I, I got to tell you, I was surprised by that. I was surprised because that line is 100% Trump. And then I asked myself, you know, this is a guy who's running for re-election. Was that answer given in that way? purposeful as a way of saying you vote for me you're going to get that trump wall policy when trump first started talking about the wall i'm one of the people who said i don't think he means a wall i thus thought he meant better border enforcement i know what he said but i never predicted that a wall would actually get built people have have come around to yeah he's right and I would argue those people are far more than just the Trumpers or Republicans or whatever, you know, they want to call us. Because I, I know, like, like, I don't think anybody would call me a, a Trumper and no one would call me a never-Trumper. I don't think that exists. I've, I've always, I was always very clear about Trump and the, you know, I didn't know whether or not this was my guy. He was not my guy in the primaries in, in 2016. Uh, but I wrote, a, I, I was very clear about where my vote was going to be. And I wrote a, a, an open letter to my kids. It was about a year ago. It was about five years ago this time. And it was, a very, it was the first time I ever mentioned my children in print. And I wrote an open letter to my kids explaining why I voted for Trump. And what I said is, is that with Hillary Clinton, I had a 0% chance of getting what was best for us. But with Trump, it, it, it was 50-50. It was a jump ball. I didn't know what I was going to get. You had a hope, but you really didn't know what you were going to get. And then I saw the way he governed. I said, not too shabby for Tony. This, is, uh, this was, uh, for the most part, okay and fine and solid. Because he did govern like a conservative, and he reached out to those conservative people. Now, not everything to me was perfect, but whatever is. That's not the point. That's not the point at, at, at all. The, 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 the larger point is that some of these things that Trump was called the bigot for and this, that, and the other for are now very much into the idea of the standard practice. It's so interesting to watch this because when you listen to Bernie Sanders quite a few years ago, we need Medicare for all, and people said, oh, oh that Bernie, 
Oh, you are, you are fantastic. Hey, do you know I could get some good mittens? They are, oh, Bernie, you are just great. And now, and now Medicare for All is the backbone of their platform. There's a lesson in that. If a guy like Todd Young, and I would say to you that Todd Young is not, well, well I, I wouldn't make an argument that he's not a conservative. I would make an argument that he's not uh, an aggressively strong conservative. He's the part of the, the Senate leadership, but I would not put him in terms of the, the vocalness uh, of a uh, Ted Cruz or, or a Mike Lee or Josh Hawley, for example. And you can argue Hawley uh, is, is more of a populist and a conservative, et cetera. But to use that line and to use it with, with such deliberateness, that's how you know how much this idea of the wall has become accepted. It's accepted. It is there. It, the cake is baked. And you will not have another election going forward where there isn't the conversation of completing the wall. Of course it makes sense, Producer Ari, but I think it's great that you would say it doesn't. I think that I think it's great that you would put yourself out there for everybody and make them say, oh, Ari. Anyone who thinks a physical border will stop illegal immigration is dumb. And like you- Anybody who thinks doing what we do now is a good plan is equally ignorant. I agree, but why would I spend billions on a wall that isn't going to solve the problem? You don't know that for sure, and how much of this problem could you stop with the wall? And besides, we're spending the billion do- billions of dollars anyway. That's a good point. If I could reduce the illegal immigration by 62.342%, okay, better off. Now, what I'd like to see is better legislation— so we can do more about legal immigration. And, of course, there's conversations of workforce, etc. Look, it's not always going to be like this with what they call the great resignation. Although it is nuts. It, I mean, ask business owners. This is as insane as anything else. And I am, in, in my conversations about this, I should get into this, no one sees an end. It's, it's like they don't know when it'll end. They don't know if it's days, weeks, or months, and they're working on months and years. They just know one day, boom, it's going to be over and people will be back at work, but it ain't today. It ain't today. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a massive problem. But you're still going to need people to work in certain jobs. And of, to, to deny that is so, is so silly. We should have a focus about it. We should do it properly. We should do it with 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 uh, uh, with some sense, and that involves maybe changing some laws, not making it easier to be illegal, and not having people in charge who think that illegal should never be said. People who don't believe in borders at all. The wall has become part of the nomenclature. Think big, don't be afraid. You might find people who buy in. We're going to hear from the White House press briefing. Uh, uh, Jennifer Psaki is supposed to be back from COVID. We'll see how she's doing. And the joke and the judge. This Rittenhouse case is out of control. But I got to give the judge a hit while I'm giving him some credit. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So there's this video out 
And, and the person speaking is Saul Omarova. She is uh, a Biden Treasury Department nominee to be uh, the comptroller of, of the currency. And uh, she's a communist. Uh, she is, is originally from Kazakhstan. And here uh, she is uh, talking about, as she has spoken about other things about, you know, uh, getting rid of, of, of capitalism. Uh, she's, she's just not, not a fan, and she's, she's very, very uh, clear about this. Here it's a conversation about getting rid of private banks. Imagine what would it be like if instead of being just a public option for deposit uh, banking, this would be actually the full transition. In other words, there will be no more private uh, bank deposit accounts and all of the deposit accounts will be held directly at the Fed. And there are very interesting implications uh, from that thought experiment, for example, with uh, the much more uh, direct and proactive tools of monetary policy, like helicopter money, which is, uh, you know, considered radical, primarily because uh, economists really do not know how to manage the issue of what will happen uh, in the inflationary environment when the central bank needs to contract the supply of money. So she's, I don't know if she's discussing a theory or actually believes in the idea that no more private bank deposits and all deposits would be held directly at the Fed. This is the same woman who said that she hopes that a lot of the oil and gas concerns go bankrupt. I mean, she is what she is. She studied the University of Moscow. She's a commie. Who nominates someone like this? If you want to know how far left the left has gone... This is someone they're like, well, she'll work. I mean, right? She she doesn't believe everything I believe. She could be a little more radical, but sure. It's it's maddening. This is considered the standard play right now. How anybody could think she should be near a financial supply, how anybody could think that she has something to offer. Stop thinking communists are good people. Dave Chappelle wanted to give $100,000 to his school. He uh, went to the Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And he has given money to them before, and he gave $100,000 to them um, in, in, in his past. And he actually gave them one of his Emmys, so they have it on display. And he was now going to do a new fundraiser. Maybe it was raised 100000 maybe it was more. But that fundraiser has been canceled. They were going to raise money for a new theater named after him. But people got so upset because of his Netflix special where he made comments about transgender people that they said, no, we don't want this. We don't want his money. Uh, we want your money. I, I live in central Indiana, and we, 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 we will take your money. I will work with you to raise more money. We will name the theater. It will be the Dave Chappelle Theater. It will be the I'm Rich Bitch Pavilion. Whatever it is you want. Glad to do it. These people are out of their heads. But understand, he didn't say anything about transgender people. He didn't insult anybody who was transgender. I shouldn't say he didn't say anything about transgender people. He didn't insult anyone who was transgender. He didn't make fun of anybody who was transgender. What he did in this special, The Closer, is he took an hour and eight minutes to bring forth the ninth minute, the final minute. 
everything in that show, sorry, spoiler alert, was a setup to say to the transgender community, recognize my humanity. Recognize that being a comic is who I am. It is my existence. It is how I identify. And I will not be told I cannot tell jokes. Who do you think you are? You cannot silence me. I demand that you recognize my humanity. And then he dropped the mic. And if you think it was because of some joke he told about people who are transgender, that is missing the mark. It's that he challenged them. He called them the bigots that they call everybody else. You see, if you misgender somebody, well, that's bigotry. Well, as Dave Chappelle nicely put it, if you tell him he can't tell a joke, it's also bigotry. And they couldn't take that. They couldn't handle that. They couldn't believe that somebody would say that to them. They couldn't believe that they got exposed in such a way. But they did. And good. Should Dave Chappelle be taken off uh, Netflix? No, I, I, I don't think so. Can someone decide I don't like it so I'm not getting Netflix? Yes. I'm talking about the boycott conversation. Do I like the fact that, that Obama has a production deal with Netflix? No. Obama has a production deal and I don't? That's nonsense. I didn't drop Netflix because of it, although I have considered dropping Netflix uh, as in, a, in, a, in a series of ways for a series of things. I'm waiting for Umbrella Academy to come back and see if Elliot Page decides to lecture to me for six to nine episodes. Elliot Page uh, used to call herself Ellen Page. So, you know, that happened. But hey, you want to call yourself a different name and live your life. I don't get I don't get involved in that. It's fine by me. So I'm glad that Netflix stood up for Dave Chappelle. His alma mater doesn't want his money. All right, don't take his money. You know how many people want Dave Chappelle's money? A lot of people. And we got some schools in central Indiana that would love a new theater. I I know I'm never going to get in touch with them. I know it's not going to happen, but I had to put it out there. I put it out there on Twitter. I'm putting it out there. My gosh. Love to have it. Let us know what we can do. Let me know what I can do. Absolutely. The joke and the judge. That's coming up next. This is Tony Katz today. So Jen Psaki has started her briefing back after a quarantine, back after having COVID, and actually said, I have the vaccine, so therefore kept me and my family safe. The lying that goes on still on COVID, this is nuts. COVID, a COVID vaccine does not stop you from spreading COVID. It doesn't make anybody safer. It doesn't make a community safer. It doesn't make a family safer. That's not how it works. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. It's not how it works. It will lessen the symptoms for you, and that's helpful. Some people have had adverse reactions to the vaccine, and that is certainly not. But it doesn't stop spread. 
It's a lie, and that lie just came from the White House press secretary. So welcome back, Jen Psaki. You're doing a bang-up job. Let's hear what she has to say right now. We're encouraged by the progress companies like JetBlue are making as they implement their own vaccine requirement. Here we're firmly in the camp of accelerating our path forward as we have conveyed. Um, also wanted to note that over 27 million Americans have now gotten their booster. Uh, and on testing, this week we invested an additional $650 million in rescue plan funding to help point-of-care diagnostic test manufacturers scale up their production. It builds on aggressive actions we've taken over the past several months including to quadruple the supply of at-home tests to over 200 million per month starting December. I know at-home tests don't matter. They don't matter. If you have COVID, you have COVID. If you're vaccinated, you can still give somebody COVID. You can still have COVID. What What does it matter? Maybe you wouldn't go out as much. Okay, I can appreciate such a thing. But this is what we're so proud of ramping up on. The fear, the COVID fear. This is out of Australia. I don't know if you've heard this or not. This is just nuts where they are. I mean, it's not just Australia. They locked down in Austria. Listen to this. Smart play um, from the Premier. There's no doubt about it um, that, that you have to try and uh, get people um, to lose something in order to get something. <laughs> um, and, and, and look, there are going to be dramas, yeah. I'm sure, especially around the Gold Coast area, but there's only yeah. really one decision for people to make. Yeah. Oh, they're crazy not to get vaccinated. Life will be miserable without being vaccinated. You won't be able to get any, uh, you won't be able to hide, you won't be able to get uh, a doctor to sign off uh, that you got an exclusion because there's quite set rules on that and doctors will be audited to see every one of their exclusions will be looked at very carefully. They'll get fined, they can get struck off. Uh, The patients who tell lies can be charged with fraud. There's a whole pile of issues, whole pile of uh, problems if you try and get around the system. Mm. Uh, It's going to be very hard to maintain your employment if you're not vaccinated. Mm. Uh, You won't Mm. be able to go anywhere for any entertainment. Uh, So by all means, get vaccinated. You've got another week where you can get double vaccinated before the 15th to 17th of December when it's definitely coming in. And there'll there'll be proof that you've been vaccinated, firm proof. You'll be asked to show going into most venues. So get vaccinated, otherwise you're going to have a very, very lonely life and you're not going to be able to maintain your employment. But no, they're a free country. Insane. And you know that there are Americans, including... Uh, New Hampshire 175 bridge over the Pemajuwasset. I see how I did that. Yes, yes, you're very good at pronouncing the names of rivers in New Hampshire. Uh, She's talking about infrastructure. People like Jen Psaki, people like this administration, who if they could get away with this, they would do it. And they're trying to get away with it. And that's what you have with uh, the, the OSHA requirement, which is now being challenged in the courts. To which Joe Biden has said, oh, don't worry about the challenges. You just force people to get vaccinated. That's what you got to do, business owners. Despicable stuff. Let's get into the judge in the Rittenhouse case. Because I want to make sure I'm clear about something here. I believe Kyle Rittenhouse is not guilty of murder. I may not like the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse was there. I may question why he was there. None of that matters. That's a personal thing. And people who tell me, well, who are you to say? Well, well, personally, I'm like, it's weird that he went. I'm going to say it. I mean it. It's fine. But that's not the case. The case is about whether he went and murdered two people and purposefully shot another. 
He didn't do that. He did not do that. He was attacked. He was chased. They grabbed his gun. He said he was friendly. They hit him with skateboards. They pointed a gun at him. That's what happened. That's what happened. So why in the world would I say this guy just murdered a bunch of people when he did not? And the case proves that. And this this assistant, assistant district attorney, Binger, Binger, just terrible. Oh, he's terrible. I mean, you got, I think you got to practice to be this bad. This, this was some of it, his interaction with the judge because he reminded a witness that the witness was under oath. After this incident, the shooting occurred on August 25th, 2020. You posted uh, videos in support of the defendant after that, correct? Can you repeat the date one more time? After the shooting on August 25th, 2020, you posted uh, videos on social media in support of the defendant, didn't you? Uh, Define support. You posted videos that you felt would help his case by showing aggressive behavior on the part of Joseph Rosenbaum, for example. I posted the same video that is evidence today. That is the voice of Drew Hernandez, who had recorded video of what happened. And this is the assistant district attorney, the prosecutor, going after him for posting the video because... He, he may have put some bias into the video. Can you imagine a journalist biased in America? I mean, my gosh, that's, that's almost completely impossible to fathom. Exactly. Hold on, wait. I, I'm now taking a look at CNN. Turns out, not so impossible to fathom. It continues. And in that, in your commentary associated with that video, you made some disparaging remarks about Mr. Rosenbaum, didn't you? What would you say is that? Do you remember what you said? I'd like to hear it. So you don't remember what you said? I don't have no idea. I post on Twitter many times a day. I posted many videos. If you could specify what exactly you're talking about, I could correctly answer you. First, that's incredible. To be able to be on the stand and to be that cool, calm, and collected and take a what a what a prosecutor's throwing at you and be like, no, no, you tell me. I'm not going to sit here and, and defend what you don't mention. Bring up a statement and then everyone can hear it. We can decide whether or not it was this, that, or the other. Man, that is cool like the other side of the pillow. And I don't know the dude. I'm just saying that's good. So I'm going to ask you a question under oath. Well, you know, Have you, I, 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 I will tell you that I don't typically permit uh, lawyers to remind people that they're under oath. And it's happened a few times in the case here. It's not permitted. I don't think most judges do allow it. Of course, they're under oath. So it's, a, it's, actually, it's, an, it's actually a suggestion by the questioner that the witness is not being truthful. That's the judge. By saying, I'm going to ask you a question under oath. You're, you're, you're intimating that he's lying. It, it's, it seems like a massive amount of desperation. And you're welcome to argue that at the end of the trial, but don't, uh, don't use it as a preface to your questions, okay? Have you ever posted anything on social media? Yes. In support of Kyle Rittenhouse? One could argue yes. 
you've also been watching this trial while it's been going on, correct? Yes. And when you've been testifying, you've been referring to the defendant by his first name, Kyle, correct? Yes. And you've been referring to the uh, first person that he killed as Mr. Rosenbaum. Yes. Instead of Joe or Joseph, correct? Is that yes? Yes. Do you, as you sit here today, do you personally know the defendant? No. But yet you call him by his first name. That's his legal name. What else am I supposed to call him? I mean, it's cool as, as the other side of the pillow. I mean, it's it, trying to create this situation where, like, oh, you just have an affinity for him. You create these videos to look good for him. Who, who can trust you? But it got weirder when the prosecutor, the assistant district attorney, uh, Thomas Binger, or is it Binger, said it was wrong for Drew Hernandez, this journalist who was just being questioned, to have hired a lawyer. That's an attorney that you uh, have out of Madison? No What's the relevance of this? Well, Your Honor, we've had a lot of questions about other What's people. What's the relevance of this? I would like to know why he felt the need to retain an attorney to provide video in this case. I think it goes to bias. I think it goes to credibility. It's been asked uh, for other witnesses. Let's take the lunch break. Um, please don't talk about the case uh, during the break. The prosecutor's out of his head. A guy, a guy is told, hey, you need to turn over this video for this case. He hires a lawyer to make sure he knows what he's doing or to ask questions or to be sure he's safe. And now that goes to his credibility and bias? Hiring a lawyer? Dear goodness gracious. But none of this is the story. This is just, uh, just to give you a little bit of what in the world's been going on. The story is the joke. The judge in this case, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, was saying, you know what, let's go to lunch. We'll do lunch, everybody. Take five. Do lunch. And in doing so, the judge told a a, a joke. The joke from Bruce Schroeder went like this. Uh, let's hope for one o'clock. I don't know. The, uh, hope the Asian food isn't coming. It's on, isn't on one of those boats in Long, uh, Long Beach Harbor. Um, but let's. Uh, how long will it take for lunch, or when will we be back? Oh, hopefully, one o'clock. It all depends, you know, because we ordered this food and it's it's Asian food, and you know, hopefully it'll it'll it's not on one of those boats uh, stuck in the ports there. You know, it was a joke about the supply chain. And people are like, oh my gosh, if you wanted to know if he was a racist, there you go. If you take that as the judge being a racist, there's something seriously wrong with you and you should not be allowed to operate heavy machinery. It's just a dumb idea that he told a joke. I don't want the judge to tell jokes. I want him to work the case and then go home. Have no personality. None. Absolutely, positively none. The idea that you're telling jokes, just don't do it. None of us need this. I do think that the prosecution is going to after this trial, where whether he's uh, Rittenhouse is found not guilty or whether this trial is uh, deemed a mistrial with prejudice, which means it can't be brought back. I, I do believe 
I really and truly do believe that uh, the prosecution is going to say this judge this and this judge that, and they're going to try and, and either have the judge removed from the bench or do uh, something else. One, one or the other, right? Uh, somehow think they can bring this case again. Meanwhile, the guy who pointed the gun at Kyle Rittenhouse, Gage Grosskreutz, who got shot in the bicep, the same guy who said under oath, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse pointed his gun at me, my hands were up, he didn't shoot, he put his gun down, I pointed my gun at him, that's when he shot me. Testified to this. He goes on Good Morning America, Michael Strahan asking the questions, no dear Lord. Agent Kimberly, thank you both so much for joining me this morning. And Gage, I want to start with you. You were shot in the arm by Kyle Rittenhouse during the protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year, while the other two men he shot that night died. With Rittenhouse taking the stand, what did you think of his testimony? First things first, Michael Strahan, on Good Morning America. He didn't just go around shooting people, which is how you just presented it, and shame on you. He was attacked. Someone grabbed his gun. Someone was beating him with a skateboard while he was on the ground. And then this guy who you're talking to pointed a gun at him. He wasn't just there shooting people. That's not true. Well, I think anytime you see your would-be murderer on the stand, it's emotional. You were the would-be murderer pointing your weapon at Kyle Rittenhouse. But they let this go on Good Morning America. What was your reaction to to him breaking down and crying on the stand? To me, it seemed like a a child who had just gotten caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to. More upset that he was caught and less upset about what he had done and what he had taken and the numerous lives that he affected. What were you doing there? If that's the question, what were you doing there? What, you had the gun. You pointed it at him. He was attacked. You can ask why he was there all you want, but it doesn't explain the fact that he was attacked and he defended himself. You would rather he didn't defend himself. Why is this guy allowed on TV? What the hell is ABC doing? Why are they engaged in this rehab? And the answer is because you have to have Kyle Rittenhouse thought of as an animal. You have to have him thought of as just pure, unadulterated evil. It's what you have to have. It's how you make the narrative work. That's what we're seeing. Unbelievable. Garbage. From Michael Strahan in Good Morning America. Garbage. I guarantee you. Michael Strahan has not watched a a second, a scintilla of this case. I claim no expertise on the case, but I have watched. We've shared it here. Strahan, obviously, zero. Okay, Michael, here are the questions you just asked him. He never dawned on him to say, wait a second, how are we we, uh, engaged in making this guy seem like a hero when he pointed his gun at somebody? The reason you point your gun at somebody is to hurt them. You point your gun at a target, you're, you're, you're saying you're willing to destroy the target. No words from Michael Strahan. Despicable stuff from Good Morning America. I'm Tony Katz.